We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. It's season 1920 preview. You've got Alex here, Simon Camel, Ben Wade, Rob Clothier, and Paul Lyon. Bumper episode of True Faith Podcast. In a week of free True Faith Podcast, I hope you've been enjoying the other content. It is to try and convince you good people to sign up to our Patreon page where we'll talk about Newcastle United every single day almost. It is so much fun. Um, today we're going to look through Newcastle United's season ahead, we're going to talk about the new signings, how we're going to do, and everything in between. You know where to find us, we are at TFNUFC on both Facebook and Twitter, and we're going to get straight into it this week, lads. You're all diligently looking at your phones, Paul Lyons taking notes, this is the most professional we've ever been at the True Faith <laughs> podcast. Hopefully you, you, you know, you're, you're enjoying the new sound equipment we've invested our paper and money into. So lads, um, Sai on me left. Well, straight ahead of us, but the left side of straight ahead of us. You're first. Uh, you know, tell the listeners and the lads in this room about how you are feeling about Newcastle United and their prospects in this season ahead of us. Um, I don't think I've ever felt as disconnected from the club as I, as I do this season, and that hasn't really been changed by the, the incoming signings. Any signing is a good thing. Any signing gives you that little bit of, ooh, I kind of want to see what they're like, and we've, we've got a few reasons to want to go and watch football matches but for me I've, I've completely disconnected from it and that happened the day that I knew that Benitez wasn't going to stay on as manager I mean we, we've probably known it for months but it was the day that Charlie put the statement out saying that he wasn't staying that for me just I just completely lost any enthusiasm for it um, it's not a Steve Bruce thing it could have been any num- any of about 50 managers that came in and I would feel the same way um, it was never going to be the same as, as Benitez when you really still had hope that we were trying to trying to grow as a football club, trying to improve and trying to compete, not, you know, with the the top four necessarily, just compete with the teams around us, compete to be better, in the hope that one season you might just have a really good season and, and get in Europe or, or win a cup or something, but I don't think that's ever going to be possible now. Um, my argument on Steve Bruce, uh, since I've mentioned him, is that if this had been Joe Kinnear appointed instead of Steve Bruce, there'd be hell on. In terms of their managerial record, I think they're about the same. You know, that's well, I don't think it is. Joe Kinnear last manager football club ten years ago, man. Steve, I'm, not, I'm not trying to become Mr. Steve Bruce here, but that's Steve a, Bruce has <laughs> not got a manager of the year award for the Premier League. <laughs> Joe Kinnear does somewhere. He reckons he has. I believe him. 
The point being, it, it could have been any other job, a terrible CV manager, and Steve Bruce is getting a free pass for being from Newcastle, and it, nah, it's worked. It's, it's not, worked. It's not, man. How he's, he's got He's got four more people on side than he would have done if, if that wasn't the case. No and, one cares that he's from Newcastle. I don't know any Newcastle fan. I know, I know a few, like you do, Sai. I don't know anyone who's like, well, he's born in War's End, so let's give him a chance. If they'd put Joe Kinnear or Alan but Pardew Joe in charge. Joe Kinnear and Alan Pardew aren't in current management. Alan Pardew was sacked by West Brom last, well, no, two seasons ago. For all Steve Bruce's flaws, and I want to keep hearing the rest of it. It's a good point you raise, but for all Steve Bruce's flaws, he is a football manager. Not qualified, in my opinion, to manage Newcastle United, but he is a current football manager who has had a lot of success, like top end of the championship, bottom end of the Premier League. And, and that success is relative to those clubs. Doesn't mean I think he should be Newcastle manager, but a compared to Joe Kinnear, who... You know, his previous jobs were being sacked by Luton, Luton, Nottingham Forest, relegating them both. And um, Newcastle for five minutes, ten years ago, is a bit different. My point still stands. I think Steve Bruce gets quite a bit more acceptance because of the situation. Anyway, it's it's not worked on me. It's not got me any more enthusiastic about this season. Uh, I don't think Newcastle United are trying to compete anymore. I think that was signed and sealed when we found out kind of the details of what's happened over the summer with letting Rafa go, with letting our two best top scorers or two strikers go or two most experienced Premier League players go to be replaced by unknowns. Um, we're not trying to compete anymore. We're just trying to survive um, in the most ridiculous way possible. Uh, there's no intention to try and win cups, clearly. There's no intention to try and get higher in the league. So is any of that different the last season the season before or the season before that or that? Uh, pro- probably not, but with Benitez, you felt like there was a chance. You felt like he was always going to be fighting to make that happen. Steve Bruce isn't going to fight to say, I, I want to try and finish higher than 17th. Steve Bruce will be absolutely buzzing if I finish 17th and he'll do the same the next season and he'll do the same next season. If he finished 17th three seasons in a row, he'd be telling his grandkids about it. He'd be telling <laughs> the whole world. I think his how grandkids are growing up, you know, he's, he's of that age. Like, it'll be a success to him. It'll be a success to Ashley. It'll be a success to Lee Charnley. It won't be a success to any Newcastle fan who wants better for the club. So, yes, I'm not excited at all, and that's why my direct debit remains cancelled and I don't have a season ticket. On that, uh, on that bombshell, lads, I'm going to open up the floor. Rob, how are you went to China to watch Newcastle United play. Um, I don't believe Steve Bruce was formally in charge because of any, you know, <laughs> of any of the games. And, and you've got yourself a season ticket this season. You know, can you can you come back at Sai at any of that? Are you, are you feeling in any way excited for the new season? Uh, well, I'm, I'm definitely feeling more positive than Sai. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm I'm quietly positive in terms of I think it's not going to be as much doom and gloom as what many people have been putting out there. Um, I, I, I genuinely think we'll stay up this season um, and I know like everyone says well why should that be our goal just to stay up in the Premier League but unfortunately that's the situation we're in um, and I, I, I do think we'll stay up um, largely down to a lot of the new signings that we've brought in I think I know we've lost players but I think we've got some exciting attacking new players in and we've still kept the uh, the defence that served us so well last season so and I think a key a key uh, player to have kept this season is Dubravka. I think if he'd gone, that literally probably would have changed my mind. I, th- I think if, if we'd lost Dubravka, I think I probably, so, I probably so would have been I, swaying more towards possible relegation. I, I already want to jump in, Rob. I think oh. you're contradicting yourself slightly because I think what you're describing is the only reason we'll stay up is because of the team that Rafa built. The new sign-ins might help or they might not. If we stay up, it'll be because that defence is solid, because our goalkeeper is excellent. Because Hayden has decided to stay, because Lascelles has got a good head on his shoulders and might be able to pull us through the shit, and there's probably going to be three shitter teams in us. 
that's the only reason we're staying up. <laughs> Not yeah, because Joe well, Linton's going to score eight goals in 35 appearances. Well, I mean, that's my point of view. I, I think we're going to stay up. If I put that across wrong, then it's my fault. No, I think we'll stay up. You don't um, have to apologise for anything you, you think, about. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, your, your point about uh, we might stay up because of the new signings, I just think that's unlikely. It's, it's because we've st- still got an all right team on paper. Yeah, that's, that that's Rafa's like left the, us with. Yeah, and that's the point I was making. Like with the defence, we've, 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 we've got a solid defence who have worked under Rafa, and that's obviously going to, that is going to clearly improve the way that they play. And I was, uh, I was saying to Paul before the podcast earlier on, like that could be, that could be a key thing in terms of keeping clean sheets potentially um, is if they carry through like the, the things they've learned from Rafa in the, in the seasons they've worked with him. Um, and uh, again, keeping Dubravka in goal, I think is, 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 is vitally important just for the way that he marshals the defence and looks after the bat line. Um, I would like us just to keep playing the five at the back or three at the back or however you want to say it, um, because I think it, it does suit our, our squad best and, it's the way that we finished playing last season, um, and I, I know a lot of this goes back to like you know keep playing the way Rafa wanted to play, and I'm talking about Rafa a lot. But you know why not? I mean, I, I think I think a lot of managers would have come in. Any manager who came in is not not going to be Rafa Benitez. Why not just come in and say, well, these were the things you were doing well at the end of last season. Why not just say like continue doing this totally continue agree. doing I, that I, you know I, I dread um, the day that Steve Bruce starts trying to put his own tactical stamp on this team I really do <laughs> if someone told me that Steve Bruce had come into the training ground on the, fir- on the first day that he took the job and what he said to the players was just continue doing what Rafa told you to do I would have been like that's fine that's fine <laughs> with me <laughs> so um, I'm off to the kebab shop <laughs> exactly yeah so no, no. For, me, for, for me I think um, there, will be, there will be there will be very bleak times this season we'll, we'll, we'll go on runs of you know, long spells without winning, but I think it, it could, by the end of the season will be seventeenth um, or higher. It's 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 a fairly grim picture you paint, Rob, for someone who's a little bit more positive because that's seventeenth <laughs> or higher. No, no, I'm not having a go at you at all here. I'm just kind of talking about the situation, and it's like I think to myself with the new season, can Newcastle United replicate last season? And I and I put a Twitter poll out. Um, and the vast majority of people, and over a thousand people voted, and if that's not a mandate, I don't know what is, to conclude that the whole of the support believe that we won't get relegated, but we'll be in a relegation battle. No, I don't include last season as a relegation battle, because relegation battles are kind of March, April, May, you're in the relegation zone, you're out of it, you're in, you're out. We were never getting relegated last season. I know myself and other people may have thought, you know, around September, October, it was looking bleak. But we weren't really in that, you know, shake your pants stage of the season where you're like contemplating, you know, getting the map out and thinking what was, you know, how far off the A1 is rather and all that kind of stuff. Um, people but still use maps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took one out from your local library. <laughs> so can Newcastle United replicate last season and not really be in a relegation battle? And I think maybe. And I think it's not outside the realms of possibility that Newcastle could finish 13th again. My great issue before we get into the, you know, the specifics of Steve Bruce and the players and the fixtures, and I'm really keen to get Ben and Paul, obviously, who haven't spoken yet, is that I'm bored of relegation battles. I was bored of last season's relegation. I don't know, I've just spent three minutes saying we're not a relegation battle, but you know what I mean. I'm bored of being shit. I'm bored of being in January, wondering how Fulham have got on, how Brighton get on, next season, how Aston Villa got on. I'm, I'm bored of having to go to these grounds like Huddersfield, and again, replace them with whoever shit this season might be us. Sheffield. Sheffield. Um, and having one shot on target and winning and it being the biggest thing in the world because you can't, I think our, you know, 
great rivals, Sunderland Football Club, proved that it's not sustainable long term. And and you have, if you have a football club that you know delights in seventeenth place and celebrates, and we aren't that football club, by the way, we've never been that football club. You look at the West Ham game a few years ago and the John Carver and Jonas Gutierrez and all that stuff that happened. Thanks, Sam Allardyce, for <laughs> lying down because we probably could have been relegated that day. Um, and there, there was no great uh, more, you know, there was no pitch invasion. There was no great outpouring of emotion at full time beyond kind of get in, fuck off, Ashley. And then there was we stayed our stage for about 45 minutes after the game. I don't know whether you were there for that sit-in protest in the corner. So we aren't that football club. And, and my worry is that 17th is considered to be a good season. But I, I also have a little bit of hope in me that because last season was so bad, and I think... I don't think history's been rewritten because football's emotional and football, like, you know, the attachment that, that not just me, but pretty much I assume everybody listening had the Rafa Benitez as a football manager and a man and the kind of like the, the custodian of Newcastle United because we didn't hear from anybody else. We didn't hear from anyone above him. When he spoke, Newcastle United spoke. To lose that, I understand, but last season was shit. You know, there was a couple of highs, but Newcastle were, were really poor side for large parts of last season. And because Rafa managed to do what he did, it came together at the end quite well again. But we're we're a poor side, and and I, and I look at us for the new season, and I and I'm reasonably hopeful. Now, I'm not hopeful because of the manager, but I'm hopeful because I see, like you said, Rob, I see Sean Longstaff, Fabian Scher, Florian Lejeune, Jamal Lascelles, Dubravka, John Joe Shelby. If we can put two or three performances together for a change, I like Joe Linton. I like the fact that we've got pace and Saint Maximan and Almiron. I think there's I think there's like half a team there now. If there's anything below that... More than half, Dutty. Yeah, well, you know, it, whether there's anything below that is, is, is definitely up for debate. But there's, there's something there. And I think, and time will tell, I think a half-decent manager could get a really good tune from that set of players. Should we have more? Yes. Do we need more? Of course. But I think there's enough there that if he, if he gets it right, Bruce, and he's got the chance, all this stuff you hear in the media, give Bruce a chance. Fuck that. He's, he's got the chance, not us. He's got the chance to make something spectacular happen if he's capable and I think if Rafa Benitez had these players um, and a couple more, we would be seeing... You know, just say Rafa had stayed and would sign the same players, I'd be really looking forward to the season. Am I really looking forward to the season now? No, of course not. But I'm, I'm pleased football's back. I can't lie to people. So there, there, there are positives and there are negatives, but it's going to be interesting, and that's, that's a, such a, a, a silly word to use. Because it is going to be interesting because we're going to find out a lot about a lot of these players, and we're going to find out about Steve Bruce, and we're going to find out about Lee Charney. Because Lee Charney's last appointments have been John Carver, Steve McLaren, and Steve Bruce. You've got Rafa Benitez who approached Newcastle United for the job. I don't understand how Lee Charney or anyone else to sort of involved in the decision-making process could stay in their job if, if we're to be relegated this season. But, you know, that's all to come. You know, come on then, um, Paul. Same question to you. We're, we're 15 minutes in. We'll not pass the first question. But, you know, your feelings towards the new season, is there, is there anything that you've heard so far from anyone you'd like to pick us up on? Um, well... It's been a it's been a summer where I've just been totally conflicted with uh, my whole support of Newcastle United. Um, I've just toed and froed whether I'm going to jack it in or keep going or or whatever. Um, but it got I mean it got to a point where I w- I'd had made the decision that I was going to um, I was going to like sort of give up my season ticket. Uh, certainly, sort of like starting with the boycott of um, the Arsenal game and things like that. And then uh, the fixtures come out, and then um, we we'll get get to the point where you've got to actually. You know, apply for tickets. So it was like speaking to me pals and that, um, saying, "Oh, what, what's your position? Are you going to go? Oh, I can't go. Well, Ashley's in charge, and Charlie's doing this, and blah blah." But then absolutely irate conversations and stuff like that, and just feeling absolutely crap at the end of it. And then uh, Norwich goes on sale, but we're going to Norwich, aren't we? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I've gone to Norwich. I've gone to Norwich. I see that's, that's definitely happening. And then you think, what's just clicked in us? That's just went football's back. I want, I want, I want to be involved. Um, and you're asking us to explain it. I, I, I can't. I can't put the bloody words on uh, out my mouth. Yeah. So, um, in terms of the season and what the team looks like, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm interested. It's, we're. A, I think we're going to be an unknown quantity for a bit. That's potentially going to. Uh, gone a few points because who knows who Steve Bruce and, and how and the style he plays because I don't. Um, so we'll just have to see whether he's the kind of guy that scans. Uh, right, lads, that's your team. Get yourselves out there, enjoy yourselves. Um, I mean, that might work for a bit, but um, I'm 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 still interested to see it, you know. Um, and it's just like I I well basically I've. I'm I'm that boring of a person. I haven't got a uh, a plan B when if football ever wasn't in my life. So I'm still going. I'm still uh, I'm still there, like sporting the lads. Um, but um, yeah. So, but I, I'm actually I can't I can't wait for it to really start. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Con- like considering the conversations I've had this summer. <laughs> ben Wade. Um. Yes, yeah, so similar to Paul. I guess I've sort of toed and froed on whether I want to. To carry on going, obviously I've kept my tickets. We've we've moved, so um, mixed emotions. I mean, just pick up on a couple of things you said that I thought were quite interesting in terms of <clears throat> the expectation and whatnot. And I think we've definitely been guilty, or at least I have anyway, on this podcast in the past of of sort of raving about how good the, the players were last season at times and um, some of the performances and sort of waxing lyrical about about how good I thought certain players were. When the reality is, is as, as you said, it was a it was a pretty average team. Um, that put together some shocking performances too often and okay they would have the odd as you said the odd great performance but the reality is I think we've, we've just got used we've been sort of eroded down to accept that as being like acceptable in terms of this, the state of, of the club over the last couple of years like we've, we've started to sort of lord some average players it's, it's 12 years isn't it it's 12 years yeah like. <laughs> and it's the, the likes of and the interesting one I mean you look at someone like Perez, who like I, I was a big fan of, um, and I was gutted to see sort of leaving for thirty million. And then I, th- I think back and think, well, actually, in reality, if you look at just the, the cold hard stats and, and some of the performances, um, I mean, the fact that he he, he basically got dropped up um, before the the Watford game, where he, he scores that would get our first win and, and he gets the winner, but he'd, he'd been dropped because he'd had such a fucking shocker before that, and yet he was such a crucial player to our team. Yet. His, his goal scoring record is pretty average, um, so to get thirty million for a player, given his output, is, is it, it's it's again, it's one of those things. It's it's a bit of a surprise that actually that's probably a good bit of business, considering we've potentially got uh, a player coming in in Jolinton for the same value, basically, um, who's got a lot. Of, I would it appears he's got a higher ceiling than Perez has, and um, okay, there's a lot of doubt. And I, I talked with. Um, when me and Saya did the, the podcast on, on him, um, it's a massive risk because he's a lad that's coming in that's going to have to perform at least at Perez's level. However, that level wasn't all that great. And it, it's one of those things, as I say, we, we talked to them up a lot at times last year about how good this squad of players was when actually it was quite mediocre. And I think when you look at the signs we've made so far on paper, I would say it, it does look a bit more exciting. The likes of Jonathan, um, obviously Almiron um, sort of, Coming into his first full season, um, Saint Maximin, um, and and obviously 
retaining the likes of Longstaff and thing. I think things are on paper. Our team is looking a lot stronger at the start of this this season than it was say twelve months ago. Um, bear in mind, we didn't even have Rondon fit at the start of last season and, and whatnot. So um, <laughs> it's it's funny. It, I'm, as I say, I'm conflicted because the, there is a bit more potential in this team. I can see. However, the big um, sort of the, the sort of big equaliser is that we've lost Rafa. And I know how much of an influence Rafa had on getting that team up to a, an adequate standard, which shouldn't be good enough. But that's what he was dealt with. That was the hand he was dealt with. He didn't get the backing. He didn't get the option to, play, to sign these sixty million worth of players over the summer and whatnot. And that's sort of the, still the the overriding frustration. But he's, he's got this this especially defensive. And obviously Rob's already talked about it. He's got the defense in a sort of really well oiled machine that they. There's nothing I've seen that would expect us to to sort of that explode unless Bruce comes in and tries to put his own print on it and starts playing for at the back or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. the likes of, I mean, Shaw, we've seen struggles in a two. He, he just hasn't got the pace. He doesn't read the, the game as well. He doesn't have the freedom to bring the ball out, which are all key um, key attributes of his game. So providing we stick with that five at the back, which has worked so well, we've got a pretty good foundation there. And then the front lads, I mean, who has a fucking clue? It's literally probably just going to be a case of Go and sort of try and recover, lads. Like good luck, um, and that could be quite exciting. Like I think because we've got some, we've got some different style of players. You couldn't have done that last season with Richie, who started out on on one of the wings. Um, obviously, we had uh, Atsu. At, yeah, Atsu on the left um, with Perez up up top in Hosselu. Like it's a completely different landscape. So yeah, it's that, it, that's one of those things. Like on paper, we we do have a more a better team than we did at the start of last season. It's just that, the, the Bruce factor of what the fuck's he going to do with it. I like what you say there, because when you say good luck, lads, that's kind of side. That's one of your major criticisms in our WhatsApp group. When you describe Steve Bruce's, well, your, perceive, your perception of Steve Bruce's tactics and what he says to the lads, is that pretty close to how you think it is? Well, absolutely. There's no such thing as a sentence with Steve Bruce and tactics in it. <laughs> you will literally be telling the lads, go on then, enjoy it, lads. Get will win. Score, score some goals. Don't, don't concede too many. That'll be Steve Bruce's tactical... Nutshell, harsh. I mean, at the same time, that they're obviously professional footballers. They shouldn't need Bruce to tell them sort of a style of play. They should be able to work it out themselves. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the nets that way, lads. Yeah. Yes, because that's what all the other Premier League clubs have got in their modern tactical managers. Uh, we've gone the opposite way. I'm sure. But that's the thing, isn't it? And my my big criticism of the coverage so far is that, and I'm not saying fans feel like this, but it's really annoying when you read in, in the Chronicle or or here on. What Sky Sports so it's like one of the players were like yeah we're really enjoying training so I don't want you to enjoy it mm. I want you to be good like I couldn't care if you fucking hated working with Rafa Benitez on a daily basis because it was mundane and because it was repetitive it got results and you were tactically drilled if you're having a great time in training playing like five a side or hoying someone and netting kicking balls at them that's, <laughs> that's not good for Newcastle United and people people are kind Unless of that's just yeah no, fair enough it's Dubravka um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> every day in training, right? What we're doing today, Martin? In you go, <laughs> right, lads, push, push him in the net, push him in the net, shots, and then just drilling balls at him. Uh, I, I would uh, fear for Martin Dubravka if, uh, based on preseason, if uh, Muto was the one hitting shots because he would he wouldn't have anything to save. <laughs> yeah. So so poor has been his finishing in the last couple of games I've seen him. Um, but yeah, I know I know what you're saying, Ben. 
And the the thing about Rafa and last season, and I, I don't want to constantly talk about Rafa this season, but I have a feeling that it, it's going to happen. And it's kind of like where we've just had this really stressful breakup and everything is just worse because of it. And it's and like I said before, it's the little things. It's probably the way that he communicates with fans, the way that he deals with the press. I'm not trying to criticise Steve Bruce here for things that I'm not capable. I don't exist in that world of football media. But one thing I do know is that Rafa Benitez managed to communicate with the support in a very in a very emotional and intelligent way. And what I've heard so far from Steve Bruce is give us a chance. Like, I'm not Rafa. It's like, well, no. <laughs> that's, that's the issue. Yeah, give us something more than that, yeah. mate. How are? Yeah, and, and this, this is my issue with the communication from Newcastle United. And, the you know, we did this survey at the Supporters Trust and 91% of the 5,000 who, who answered members said they, were, they thought the communication from the club was bad. When that, when that you know, email or press release or tweet, whatever it was, saying that Rafa was leaving, where was the kind of like, well, but we're going to get this right. Rafa Benitez leaves a football club, best of wishes, we've tried all summer, we now need to find a new manager. Where's the kind of like, but don't worry, we've, I know they're not going to say, don't worry, we've got this. Where's the, you know, where's the kind of, not arrogance, but that kind of confidence that we're going to be okay this season? Because of the vacuum of information from the football club and any kind of information from them saying, we can't wait for the new season, Newcastle United, or cannot wait for this new season. We've got what we've got a Brazilian striker, 40 million quid, one of the hottest young players in the continent. He's comers. We've got one of the most exciting players in the French league. He's here. All you see is Arsenal tickets on sale. Arsenal tickets are on sale, Norwich tickets. On. You, do, you don't hear any kind of positivity. And although, are, is and, all, and although in Rafa, um, particularly last summer, and even the summer before, to be fair, were real slogs, like pre-season was not enjoyable and the team didn't perform well. You, you still had that sense of kind of, Rafa was saying, going into games, if we play well, I expect us to win. And he was saying that and he was playing with, as you correctly say, fucking Hossolu and Perez up front with Matt Ritchie and Atu on the wings. You, and, and at least you got that from Rafa, where Steve Bruce says, before Arsenal, well, we're in good shape. And it's like, what well, I tell you what, I'll before try Arsenal... Me best. We're in good shape. And I'm gonna, it's like, I'm gonna give it me best. I'm not I'm not yeah, exactly. And I'm not trying to crucify Steve Bruce here because ultimately whatever we say or you people at home think or whatever people write on Twitter, Steve Bruce, like he quite rightly should be, will be based on his results in his football. That's how it works. It doesn't work any other way. Rafa Benitez was bit, you know, Rafa Benitez almost kept us up from an impossible situation, took us up as champions, which statistically is almost a miracle, particularly when turning over a thirty million pound transfer surplus when the vast majority of clubs in the championship spend and lose fortunes. Um, got us to 10th place in the league for a newly promoted side who aren't Wolves spending 100 million quid. That ain't bad. And then despite um, criminal underinvestment last summer, got us safely 13th in the place to improve the points total. The the task for Steve Bruce to me isn't keeping us in the Premier League because we, we know we can do that. And if he doesn't keep us in the Premier League, that's not, I know everyone listening knows that's not good enough, but we know that this team can stay in the Premier League. We've seen it. So can Steve Bruce get us towards the top 10 and beyond? That should be his task this season. And that's the kind of thing that should be coming out in Newcastle United. We're expecting ahead of the new season. Come on, get yourself down and, and ignore and boycotts for single games for a minute. How, how, I'll ask you, how did Newcastle United sell their season tickets? I don't know. Do you hear adverts on the radio? Do you hear stuff on TV? Do you see billboards? Are there adverts in newspapers? Are they just expected to happen? It's just, it's on the website, season tickets on sale. And it's almost like it's almost like this kind of expectancy, and it's ta- and, it, and it feels like it's taken for granted that people will go to the game. There's, there's no, you know, to be a little bit hyperbolic as a football club. You're trying to sell something to people. Instead, it's your season tickets on sale now. Watch the lads play. It's a, it's embarrassing. We'll move on a little bit. I want to get into specifics. Um, highlights of the true faith 
podcast. You know, we've probably got our first podcast. The day after I came, we launched Patreon. We met loads of new people like Rob and Paul here and Charlotte and Adam and Norman. Highlight this week, uh, St. Maximan. Who does he follow on Twitter? True Faith. <laughs> so on the back of that, absolute, that's pretty much like a trophy for Newcastle United, what it is to me. Um, you know, Rob, he's the man that people are sceptical about. He's the man that, according to him, were tried to sign previously. How do you see his impact this season? And, and I suppose even before that, where does he fit in in this team? Well, I expect the same up front with um, probably as a three with Jalinton and Almiron. Um, what excites me most about him, obviously his dribbling ability is, is fantastic. You know, like, I think he's possibly going to have a similar impact to what Almiron did in the, in the side last season. Um, what would like to, like to say is winning free kicks around the box, providing set pieces. Uh, that's going to be an important part of his game. But I think just... Having having his pace in the side alone, as well as his dribbling ability, um, that's gonna that's definitely gonna frighten opposition teams, and it's it's gonna make them play differently against us. Like you know, when Albron came into the side, it it just means that they've the opposition have got that to take into account. The fact that like Shelby or Longstaff can drop a ball in behind their defence for uh, for Almond to run run to anyone with pace basically. So having um, Sim Maximan in the team is totally, I think, going to change the way the teams approach to play against us. They're not going to push us high up, I think. Um, now, that could, you know, we'll be looking probably to play on the counter attack, probably similar to a lot of the ways Rafa played, um, relying on the pace up, up front. Um, and I'm quite excited to see him play, if I'm honest. I, I, you know, he, he comes with a, a, a reputation of being an exciting player, a, a dribbler. He likes to take players on. Um, we've all probably seen, you know, uh, clips online and uh, video um, compilations of him, which you know people criticise because it only shows certain, you know, certain things. But you know, you can't help but look at look at those videos and think this this kid's got some talent. And um, you know, us as Newcastle fans, we like that type of player. We like someone who can like you know break into the final third and like it just makes you get up off your seat and get a bit excited about the attacking style of football that we could be playing, you know. Um, I, I do. I think he's going to be similar to, to Almiron. If we have Almiron and St. Maximan and Joe Linton in the team, that will frighten opposition teams, I think, and it will affect the way that uh, they're set up against us. I think what he's, one of his biggest qualities had that he's got that we've, we've been lacking is he's, he's got the pace and he's direct. Um too many times over the last couple of years, we've got into dangerous positions in the final third and then we've fucked around with the ball and just not got it in the box and, and it's sort of come to nothing. Um, with him, you, you feel like he's going to have a go at the opposition defenders. He's going to put the pressure back on them. And um, Not to criticise Richie, but just that wasn't Richie's game, for example. When he was playing right wing, he just didn't have the pace to, to scare um, Premier League full-backs. Um, obviously, he, he made some positive uh, contributions in other ways, but... Like we've finally got two wingers that are gonna put pressure on on full backs and and that that should be exciting to see and as I say it's gonna be more direct and personally I, I prefer to see a more direct style of football and we're attacking so um, I'd just be a bit worried that he's uh, that he might be a bit hot and cold yeah. and like at least Richie's not having a particularly good game he's still working hard and yeah. he's he's helping the team but like is this guy gonna sort of track back I mean I'm basing this on very little. I've only seen him against uh, Saint Etienne, and he was he was exciting. Like you say, I was was off my seat and 
it looked it's totally different. It's a it's a vast departure from what we're used to seeing in the past uh, couple of seasons. So it's exciting to see him, but um, I hope he settles. And uh, and I don't know I don't know whether I mean it's probably a bit of an old school approach, like, but um, I hope he's not like, targeted, you know, just like yeah. just to be wiped out of games and that. But um, I suppose we'll we'll see. I think just to pick up on that point, I don't have a problem. That to be honest, I know it, because of the style of play that we, we played, and it, it was because of Rafa's sort of tactics and whatnot, it was quite a negative thing. We, we, we expected every player to work back. I mean, even mm. the, the likes of Rondon, Osselu, Gale, whoever it was that was playing up front, was expected to come back and fulfil a defensive role. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, we saw the types of performances that that resulted in, the likes of Man City, where we're literally, everyone's in our half, we're the, the furthest man forward 30 yards from your goal, and there was literally no attacking threat whatsoever. Do you know what? It's like I'd, I'd quite like to see a striker stay at the, the pitch and, and not track back, but actually be a threat going the other way. Because you know what? Defenders are going to have to fucking worry about that. And if they do gamble, then it's going to give opportunities. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't expect my attackers to have to come back and work all the time. I understand Rafa had to do that and had to sacrifice some players because the quality of the team wasn't good enough. But the reality is, is I, I believe we've got a good enough defence, and especially with, with the likes of Longstaff and Hayden protecting them, We've got plenty enough cover there that we shouldn't have to rely on Almiron and Sam Maximin coming back to help defend. Like we've got plenty of bodies behind. Let's push, leave them up front, and and they've got pace to to counterattack. Let's utilize that. That's a far bigger strength to have than than having someone working his arse off to get back and then not having the energy to go up the other end of the pitch. Um, and I think I just think it's it's one of those. It, he's gonna he's gonna commit. Uh, defense. I mean, you already saw what Almiron did in, in a short short period without really any other pacey threat to go with him. So he, he linked up quite well, Perez and Rondon, but Perez is slow and Rondon's a target man. Neither of those really were a threat to, to team, so it was probably sort of easier for them to defend against him because they knew he's, he was the sole sort of pace attack. With the fact that we've got another one on the other side, they're not going to be able to sort of close down that space for him and just solely try and mark him out the game. So it should give Almiron some more space as well. So I'm expecting to see a lot more from him as well. Yeah, let's talk about um, Joe Linton Sai, player that you, you've talked about before in the parent podcast that we do. I mean, the obvious comparison is to Salomon Rondon, 11 goals for Newcastle last season. I think he was involved in 19 or something. Um, adequate replacement for you? Do you think he's going to be a success? Um, right, it... it I think this is what I said last time. It, it's not a bad signing. Signing a 22-year-old Brazilian lad who's he's got an all right record, not brilliant, but you know he's got bags of potential. In a, he looks bright. He looks he looks like an exciting player. In any normal circumstances, that's a great signing for the club. It should be something we should be excited about. However, he has been brought in with no Premier League experience to replace our two most experienced Premier League players, who are both our top goal scorers last season. Um, from what I've seen of him so far, he looks okay. Um, we were at the Sun at the end game on Saturday, and I don't think he was particularly brilliant. He didn't really get involved that much. He scored a Hoslu-esque goal where the defenders like kicked it off him and it's gone in. You know, they all count. <laughs> if, he, if he does 10 of them this season, I'll be happy. Um, I don't know what he is yet. I don't know what his, his outstanding attributes are. Rondon was just like so powerful. He was quick. He was brilliant in the air. And he could hold up the ball. He had a really good touch. He had, he had everything. And I, I don't know what Joe Linton has yet. I've not seen enough of him to judge him in that way. Uh, what I would say is that, let's say that Joe Linton is as good as, or even better than Solomon Rondon. Let's say that he is. You know, By all accounts, he could be. He's done the same thing. He's come in late. He's had two, three preseason friendlies. Um, unlike Rondon, he's got no Premier League experience. Unlike Rondon, he's got 
well, in the same way that Rondon had a slow start last season, because it took Rondon eight or nine games to get much fit, he's got to get used to the Premier League, he's got to get used to the pace of the game, he's got to get used to Premier League defences, he's got to get used to the country, he's got to get used to his teammates, he's got to get used to the language barrier, he's got to get used to um, tactics and no, he doesn't have to get used to tactics and playing style. We don't have one with <laughs> Steve Bruce, but you know what I mean. He's, you know, there's a lot to to for him to have to do there. That Rondon kind of had a bit of a head start in terms of he had Benitez. He already knew how he wanted to play. He was used to the Premier League. You know, he he played a few seasons for, uh, with West Brom, etc. Um, it's just it's such a big ask of him. So even if he is good, he's probably going to struggle. And we don't have time this season for our number nine. Our main striker to struggle he needs to hit the ground running and I don't think he will and that's not his fault if he does I'd come back to you a little bit and I agree broadly with what you're saying but I'd also say that yeah was he brought in late I think he was brought in early enough personally I think lots of other Premier League clubs signed I understand what you're saying but if he, if he'd signed this week or like Rondon and Muto were signed literally I, I suppose, the week I suppose before the my, my argument would be that the players he's going to be playing with, Sid Maximan, um, Almiron was was sporadically involved in, in pre-season. Yeah. Longstaff's not played that many games, so he's not really bedded into the team. So even if he was here for more of the pre-season than, than many of those players were, he's not really had a chance to play with the with the first eleven. I think uh, Saturday against St. Edion was the first time we kind of got our full-strength team out for, for a game. Pretty much the same as Hibbs as well, but yeah, like I, I know what you're saying and... It was it was it was so bizarre that we only had four preseason games sorted before Preston, and Preston seemed to be like speaking to some of the people there like a, a total waste of time. Um, there were so many changes made. The thing I, I want to try and be positive about this one because the thing about Solomon Rondon is yes, he's all of the things that you said he was, but but West Brom fans weren't gutted to see him leave. He was a one in four striker in the Premier League at West Brom. And he pretty much, he turned into a one and three striker at Newcastle, but really in terms of when he was actually fit, he turned into a one and two striker, which is the, the, the real deal. Um, you know, we've lost Solomon Rondon, he never belonged to us. The time to sign him was the summer before this one. I, I look at a deal like that and I really like Solomon Rondon, I thought he was really good and I thought he brought teammates into play, he won a lot of free kicks, he did the, the kind of little things that we haven't seen strikers do for Newcastle for a long time. But it wasn't just... Lee Charlie and Newcastle United that decided not to take him for sixteen and a half million. Any other Premier League club could have taken him. And it wasn't just Lee Charlie and Newcastle United that didn't take him on the summer in the Premier League. No one thought he was worth the gamble. No one thought he was worth the money. I don't know what he was asking for. And I wish him all the best the rest of his career because he gave us a lot of joy last season. Um, and I think, you know, that Man City win obviously scored the, the equaliser, but that was a game where where I think the Man City defenders for all their genius and, you know, Laporte costing sixty million quid. That's right, man. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't deal with Salomon Rondon. I don't think you're going to get that from certain games from Joe Linton. I don't think that there are going to be defenders that can't deal them. However, as Ben correctly says, our front three or front two, and I'm, it'll be interesting, and I'm keen to get some thoughts from the lads here, what we actually play this season. Now, Bruce is wedded to the minute at five at the back. He play, in every game that he has been at the football club, we've played it. The interesting thing for me, he has gone where Rafa kind of played a five, um, two, three, Three forward players, Rondon, Almiron, Perez in an ideal world. The two wide ones would drop deeper when out of possession. And you've got your two midfielders, which were under Rafa. I know Longstaff got injured, but you had Hayden. Hayden and then Diarmi. But who else? Who, who played again? Key alongside? played, Key, Key Key played well, a lot yeah. last season. So you had those two players there, and we played very deep, and we played counter-attack. What Bruce has done so far in the two friendlies I've seen, he's, gone, he's turned that midfield two into a midfield three. So he's played Shelby, Longstaff, and Hayden, and then he's played Almiron behind 
drill in. So number one, Almiron's playing more central, where he does, more, in my opinion, more damage. And then you've also got the kind of fact that John Joe Shelby's picking up the ball and there's a lot of threat in behind, which is quite nice to see. Um, ASM, when he came on, and it's, what, 20 minutes against a, a French side who looked knackered from a Europa League qualifier. Um, a good French side, but who were played very well against, but nonetheless a knackered French side. You know, ASM, as we'll call him, to save crucial time. Um, St. Max. Yeah, St. Max was basically given a free roll behind the striker. He wasn't out wide, and he was fucking all over the shot. I mean, all over the shot. He, was, <laughs> he wasn't given a free roll. He was, he was told... <laughs> Get on there and enjoy yourself. <laughs> that is, that, that's a free roll in our terms, but Steve Bruce isn't saying, right, I want you to play the free roll. I want you to, you know, to, to just be loosely connected to the strikers, moving across the pitch. Go out and have a good time, son. Chase, or, chase the ball. Some, someone tell this lad in French. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy it, son. You enjoy it now. And it's funny because when, when um, ASM came on or St. Max came on, um, he's the first player ever to sign for Newcastle to give the crowd a standing ovation while running onto the pitch. <laughs> yeah. He did the full pirouette, pirouette applause, which is, which is nice to see. But it, 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 like I said earlier, it's going to be interesting how Bruce makes that work. And I think one of the things you said about us playing as a counter-attacking side, I think, so you said at the match with me on Saturday, possibly in the match day podcast, was teams will work that out pretty quick. Teams will, you know, you're not going to see Watford or Aston Villa or Sheffield come to St. James's Park and play a high line and squeeze with press. They're going to sit deep because they think, you know, these lads with pace, um, the crowd is going to turn on them if they start giving them a possession. Um, the fact is that John Joe Selby loves basically playing as a fucking fourth centre-back now. And it's frustratingly, we don't need, particularly with Lejeune and Cher on the side, but even now, as you said, we don't need John Joe Shelby dropping deep to pick the ball up. We'll have the players to bring the ball out of defence. We need John Joe Shelby being the, the opponent's half of the pitch, doing damage in their part of the pitch, not picking the ball up and hitting the 60-yard ball for Elmeron, which comes off one or four times. And I haven't seen anything from Bruce so far, and admittedly, two pre-season games. So it's not a great um, cross-section, but... It has happened. I haven't seen anything from Bruce to try and stop that from happening, and that worries me a bit. But you know, back to back to Joe Linton again. Twenty-two years old, chance to lead the line for Newcastle United. They've, they've grabbed the number nine shirt from from Dwight Gale, <laughs> yeah. who's come back. Um, and and you know, over over to you, Joe. Basically, um, you know, I, I, I believe in him. I thought he played brilliantly at Hibs. It was Hibs. Like Sai says, he wasn't as hot against St Etienne. It wasn't his day. But he's, and I think you're a bit harsh with the Hostler goal there because his pace, the goalkeeper didn't expect him to get anywhere near that ball. And he managed to yeah, like deflect it in. But his, his kind of perseverance, and this is what has impressed me, he's a runner, he chases things down. He's not Rondon. And Rondon's work ethic was brilliant, by the way. But, but Joe Lytton's going to get stuck in and if Amirun gets stuck in and we can kind of push from the front, even if we're playing defensively against Arsenal, things will happen. The big, the big issue for Newcastle United mm-hmm. in my season is finishing. Now... Rondon's finishing wasn't brilliant. Perez's finishing wasn't brilliant. And they both got what they got like 21 goals between them or something, or 22, 23 goals between them. Muto should have had about four on Saturday in 20 minutes. Almiron has had about seven one on ones in pre season, put none of them away. And Joe Lutton, fair enough to him. He's missed a couple of chances, but he has, he has bagged a couple of goals. It's like, we aren't, I don't think when I go from the team last season under Rafa, we didn't create many chances, key chances. So we'll have to take them, and often we didn't. And that was the difference between gaining points and not. I think £40 million buys you potential as a centre-forward in the Premier League, and that's all we've got at the minute. It doesn't fight, it's not proven quality, and it's not 20 goals a season. And I think we'll, we'll need, as Sai correctly says in terms of the strikers, we'll need 20 goals from the strikers minimum to just not get relegated. You need more, and then you need more from the rest of the team to push on, so it'll be interesting. Paul, um, you're an expert on the full-backs we've signed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Who are they again? Uh, I don't know. Williams. <laughs> <A> Welsh lad. 
Is, is Graham Carr your uncle? Has he, has he been telling you? Huh? Is Graham Carr? These are all Graham Carr signings. I'm not having it that he's not involved. Graham Carr <laughs> has been getting paid backhanders. handsomely backhanders. Yeah, for well, for it's, some funny, of these. it's quite funny a, a strong say, statement there from Simon Carr. <laughs> Mr. Distance the Two Faith podcast. From us. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's, I mean, it's you say Graham Carr, but let's. Um, I think we're potentially set up the way Graham Carr's Newcastle were set up with the front three. It it does sort of loads of number tens. Loads of number tens, aye. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, hopefully uh, the striker gets off, off, off a good start because I mean we've either got a, a CC or a, a John Dahl Thomason, so who are just it's two or young, or yeah, like young strikers with a lot of like weight on the shoulders, a lot of pressure on that. So but anyway, um, yeah, well. Speaking of saying yeah, in game we, we had a brief uh, sighting of uh, Jetro, Jetro Williams, 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 Williams. Williams. Sorry, Let's just call him Williams because we're going <laughs> to make quite, it that I mistake. I call so him much. Jet. I think I call him Jet because uh, he was quite piercy like ooh, when I see him. Um, and he got, <laughs> he got he got himself down the. Uh, are we in cozy jaws? <laughs> um, he got he got himself down and linked up quite well with uh, Saint Max. So I mean, I don't know whether he'll actually be a starter or not, but. Uh, Bags of potential. He looks a bit like a rugby player, really, the way he's built. Like, but um, I suppose we'll see. Um, he's been given him a squad number fifteen. Um, previous owners were the Gooch, Kennedy, Chucky, and Nacho. He's, so one, he's one of that ilk. All the best, Jetro. Um, <laughs> you've got a, you've got quite the, quite the number to live up to there. Yeah, I expect we're to retire that number at the end of the season. But um, yeah, so bit of an unknown quantity. Um, a lot like uh, all of our signings, like. But um, I don't know about uh, the new guy who's Crap. potentially signed already. Has he? Uh, we think he's. It's near, been near he's been spotted at the training ground. Aye. He's, he's, he's knocking around whether the deal's actually been done. He's, he's in Newcastle, I think. Could be another uh, Jordan Lukaku, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks, from from what I know him, he looks, it'll be interesting because, um, so he's got pace, which is obviously what we're, we're seem we'll to we'll be the, pace. I was going to we'll say, that pace. seems to be the theme of all the signings this summer. <laughs> We've just got more pace in the squad, which is a good thing. Um, but he, he, he sounds like he's more of a, it'll be an interesting change because he's more of a defence, more of a defensive minded um, fullback compared to the um, Yedlin that we've been used to yeah. it. Newcastle, who was probably his best asset, was bombing up the, the right wing and overlapping Richie when they, they played together. Um, he did his best stuff in the final third rather than where you would want <laughs> ordinarily him want him to. Right? <laughs> yeah. He was an absolute travesty at the right back. Um, whereas this kid looks looks like he's, he's a sort of out and out defender. Um, he's, it, I think, as well, they've, they've probably gone more for the mould of like a, a dummy on the other side in terms of he's better in the air. He's almost like a sort of a, a wide centre back in terms of um, he's got good recovery pace and, and he's going to be good in the air and and hopefully he'll have a good understanding with um, with with Sharon um, the rest of the centre backs there. So um, it, that to me that signing sort of it, it appears to be that we're trying to shore up that that right back spot which has been one of our weaknesses for the last few years. And to be honest, I don't. It's a good signing in, in terms of um, I think he'll. It'll be an improvement um, on what we've got. I mean, I've I've never been one of Yedlin's uh, biggest fans. I just I've always felt he was a liability at full back, and I think that's cost where at times when we are so solid, when we've got those three um, centre backs who are, who are so good. And credit to Dummett as well when when he's um, been in playing and that um, either left back or sort of left left centre back uh, position. He's, he's he's got pace to recover and, and he's he's good in the air. I think this lad will come in and, and do the same role on the other side. Um, 
and again, I suppose it just gives you that that sort of assure, assurance to to allow the full back, uh, the the winger, sorry, or if we're playing a sort of a, an attacking midfielder, it doesn't have to run back because that lad's not going to be bombing on, and they're not going to have to be recovering back. So again, you're going to have someone that's going to be solid in a defensive position and allow the attackers to go and do what they yeah. need to do. We'll have to move on because we've we've done 46 minutes so far, uh, and this great big season preview. Uh, Lance, Rob, I'm going to start with you first. So let, tell me how the season's going to go. You know, fixtures, we're, we've got a hard start. Two top six sides. Well, th- in the first five games, three top six sides, two of them away from home. Uh, the end of the season isn't worth thinking about. You've got Man City away, Watford away, Spurs at home, Brighton away, Liverpool at home. So unless we've got like 37 points by then, we're down. Um, with, I don't know... Antonio Conte's Newcastle after he's been brought in to <laughs> rescue Steve Bruce's fucking car crash. Tell, tell me how the season goes, honestly. Not just what you want, but what you genuinely think will happen at this point in time. Yeah, so as you say, I mean, it's a difficult start. Um, I think what's going to be really important is to, to try and have a good start of the season. Um, you know, with um, with Bruce coming in, I, feel, I just feel like if, if we have a bad start, he's not going to be able to maybe... Recover that that sort of uh, issue, that negative start. You know, I, th- I think under Rafa we were able to. He's got that experience. Um, it's it would be a real worry if we got turned over or really embarrassed by Arsenal on Sunday. Um, so I think you know. Then we've got Norwich away. So I, th- I think that's another important game. Even you know, if we get a good result or even a draw, maybe against Arsenal, and then. Um, even a decent performance away at Norwich, you know, like uh, try just try and not not lose that match. I think that would be probably classed as a decent start, you know. Uh, but we just can't, you know, if we lost the first two matches, that would possibly be <laughs> be catastrophic, you know, because I think we'd probably go on a, a, a quite a long um, run of um, negative results. You know, I mean, I know we started last season really badly, um, but um, we were able to turn that round and. Um, I just, I just think we really, really need a good start, and I think if we do get a good start, and some of the new players settle in and uh, hit the ground running, we could have a, you know, a semi-decent season in terms of um, <laughs> avoiding relegation. Um, but we are, we are definitely going to go through bad runs this season, and it's just whether or not we're able to pull ourselves out of those situations, like we're. Uh, over the last few seasons, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it is like we've already said; it's going to be a season of unknowns. It's a lot of new signings. It's a new manager. Um, it's difficult to sort of guess or predict how it's going to go. But just trying to stay positive, and um, hopefully, we'll get the the results that we need over the season to remain in the Premier League. Right. So you you very much going remain in the Premier League for that one. <laughs> Paul, Paul, same question to you. How, how do you genuinely see it going this season in terms of Newcastle United's performance? And tell us what you think we'll do in the Cups as well. Uh, I think, uh, well, if we're looking to improve, what I think what will deem a successful season would be 45 points in one extra Cup game, which is not really a massive <laughs> uh, ask. But um, is that, well, that, that would, that would, I think that would officially classify as a Cup run if we did that <laughs> exactly. in the Cup, because it would exactly. be in the fourth round or something, I don't know. Uh, um, so I mean, we'll probably we'll probably need a few replays, uh, some games in the northwest, perhaps. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying we've got, we've got we are an unknown quantity, and I think we'll we'll, we'll make a positive start. Um, 
And I just think we'll be we'll be we'll have just about um, enough points at the stage of the season come um, the turn of the year. Um, just because of the, the players, it'll be keen to impress, even if the you know the ones that were signed are probably are, are seeing this as a stepping stone. If they want to get out of here, they're gonna have to play well. Um, and that's quite a sad indictment of uh, the state of things, but um, it's it's the truth. And, and like um, it's it, uh, well, we've mentioned Graham Carr's team that finished uh, fifth. I keep saying it's Graham Carr's, and I'm Pardew was manager and that. But um, there's so many similar similarities. And if these players are going to be any good um, and wanting to wait at their bigger bigger teams and what have you, um, then they're going to have to produce the goods. And um, I don't see why I don't see why they can't. Like I say, the no one knows anything about them, um, and I, I, I just I don't know what it is. It's just a feeling that um, that will be all right. That will make you get a season ticket side, and all well. Um, <laughs> go on then, since you're closest to the microphone. I would, I'd uh, just repeat exactly what Rob said, but replace the word "if" in, in reference to if we have a bad start with "when" <laughs> we have a bad start. So if we have a bad start and Steve Bruce isn't very good at turning it round, when we have a bad start and Steve Bruce won't turn it round, when St. James's Park becomes a really toxic place and then after we've lost our first three games, Steve Bruce is out saying, we need the fans on side, we need we need uh, all the support we can get. When Jamal LaSalle has been sent out to do interviews and, and you know rallying calls, when uh, Matt Ritchie has been sent on TalkSport again, even though he doesn't want any more shit for it, uh, I think it it could all implode. I think St James's Park will become a nasty place. I think it won't take long for the goodwill of these signings to blow over if it starts badly, and I think it will because it's just it's just too risky. We're going into a season with a bunch of players that have never played Premier League football with a manager who's never played Premier League football. For he, he, well, played, <laughs> he played loads. He won <laughs> Premier League titles. I was, I was, I was, the shite you come out with. I was Steve being Bruce. silly. <laughs> He's not been in the Premier League for for twelve years or whatever it is, apart from one year with Hull. Um, it's it's got the potential to be a McLaren season, and it just it's it's too similar when Joe Lindrovich, um, <laughs> you know, because he can't speak the same language as anyone else, starts falling out with these other players. He'll start coming in his own half looking for the ball. I just can't see that cohesion. On the one hand, yes, it's quite exciting. St. Max, Almiron, and Joe Linton, none of them speak the same language. They certainly don't speak the same language as the manager. He doesn't know any other languages. It's it's these things matter. And that's why Benitez didn't want to sign these players because they didn't fit into the team. They wouldn't have been able to communicate. They wouldn't have been able to buy into any kind of style or, or ethics uh, ethos. Sorry, um, ethics. I hope is not a problem. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just I don't see this season going well. And if it goes well, means we finish seventeenth. To me, that's still shite. That's me direct ever cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> ben Wade. I don't know how to follow that. To be honest, bloody hell. It's we've, we've been dealt another shit hand, haven't we, with the start? Like um, some tough games. Um, as per, I mean, I think same same similar situations last year. That that Norwich game is massive of massive importance, and obviously <laughs> we fucked it up last year against Cardiff, missing a penalty in the last minute. Um, the reality is, we, we need to get something out of that to kickstart the season. So there's a lot of pressure on that already. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a long hard slog. I mean, as you say, there's so many question marks over this team. I mean. We've already said with, with Joe Linton, we hope and it's potential and and it's there's, there's a lot of what are you guys injured? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Then what we've got, we haven't even got Hossley, the bloody high out there. We've got, we've got pictures of Steve Bruce at Wars and Boys Club as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put the fear of God into some people, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's just it's that that's the thing. It's I think that 
the way they've done it this uh, this summer is just it's so risky. It's massive risk, and the the mental thing is they've put so much money into it with a manager that um, probably. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know how much he knows about these. Like, they're not his necessarily going to be his signings, um, and it's definitely not. And it's that that that's the thing. Why why would you put all your money in in this sort of basket when you've 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 basically bled Benitez drive for the last three years? Um, and I just think it's it's just to, it, as I said, it smacks of the Steve McLaren season where they just threw a load of money at it and it just didn't work. That there was no cohesion there. We had some okay players, we had some decent players, but it just didn't work. And that's my concern is that what, like we haven't got any, we haven't got a bedding in time to for these players to come in and, and sort of get through a few games. But it's going to be a battle from minute from the first game, and um, there's just too much. There's, there's too much sort of uncertainty there. At least when. Uh, in, in the past, we had a strong foundation there, and, and you had a bit of trust in the manager, and you had you, you sort of you knew you knew the characters of, within the squad, you knew the type of team that we had, that they were all battlers. I mean, uh, these new lads, as you say, we don't know how they're going to sort of fit into that. Are they going to work as hard as the players that we've got rid of? Uh, that was one of our qualities in, as a team that we, we fought in every game, and every game was a battle. Um, it's, uh, have we still got that as a quality? Like, is that still one of the things that will? sort of make a difference on the pitch so there are a lot a lot of questions and, and they'll need to be answered straight away and as I say it's that there's not it's not an easy start to sort of come in and, and expect a lot out of it I mean as I say looking at there's only really the, the Norwich game and then maybe Brighton that you would you would expect us but that's the thing those games become so much more important because if you don't pick up the three points out of those games then you're looking again at another sort of 10 10 11 game run without picking up picking up a win and it's it's a straight back to what we did last season. Fair enough. And obviously we've got a range of opinions there on how it's going to go. Uh, you know, None of you are suggesting that we're going to potentially be heading for eighth place or anything mental like that. Uh, for I my mean, own, I didn't give a prediction. <laughs> well, I'm going to come to you for predictions, <laughs> so, so hang on. But uh, I think that, I disagree with you slightly, and I've said all along that Steve Bruce needs a good start, and Steve Bruce does need a good start, but what, you've, what we learned from... This team last season was a lot of the players are confidence based, and you saw from Rafa back the players, back the players, back the players because they can with your support do well. And I don't think I think if any of you sat here at halftime v Watford, eleven or twelve games in the season having been played off the pitch, thought we were going to do what we did in terms of like you know finishing like we did. I think I'd, I'd question a lot of people because a lot of people were saying we're done, we're down, and, and the team the team proved us wrong and. Yes, that was under Rafa, but I think I, I'm not going to write off a lot of these lads yet. I'm not going to say that they're going to implode. I'm not going to say that. And although it's not the same situation, right? I look at a, a similar kind of effect that I hope when Roberto Martinez went into Everton, he went into Everton and was a bad Everton manager by the end. That's what Everton fans will tell you. But because he had had Moyes' success and Moyes' work rate instilled in the team and Moyes' um, defensive solidity, you know, Everton fans that I've spoken to say that it wasn't anything that Martinez necessarily did. It was because they brought in some attacking players, they brought in Lukaku, they brought in a few others, and they were freed, and then they played this kind of decent football, they scored goals. Will that definitely happen here? Of course not. But I think there might be similar similarities. And where I disagree with you is about the McLaren season. Steve McLaren came into a, cl- like a club that, were, that should have been relegated the previous season. It should have probably been relegated the season before, even though we finished 10th. The form at the second half of the season was so bad. I used to do a lot of stats, you know, out of our last, like, 50 games, 60 games in the Premier League would won like 
five or some or ten or something pathetic with goal difference. We hadn't won away in years, and whereas Steve Bruce comes into a, a competent Premier League side, uh, a, a side that deserves to be in the Premier League, and yeah, made up of players that maybe we've been quite harsh in the past, saying they wouldn't get in, a, in other Premier League sides. I think you know they've proved us wrong a little bit in that respect. I think there's a, there's a lot of hope. Then even if we do start badly, I back a lot of the players: the Lascelles, Matt Ritchie, Isaac Hayden, Florian Lejeune, Paul Dummett, to Martin Dubravka. That, that that's a team of leaders, and no, no matter who you put in charge of it, I think they would they would make a real good fist of this season. There's all sorts of variables, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to find out how it goes. That's why we're doing a preseason podcast. That's why we talk about football every single week. We'll find out soon enough what, what Steve Bruce is made of, but I already know what a lot of these players are made of, Si. I think uh, the point you made about the confidence-based players is an interesting one, and it's very true. And I think uh, the what you said about Benitez was we're going to realise how important that was when after five games and we've had a bad start, Steve Bruce is making it all about him and saying, give us a chance I'm going to try my best to turn it around. He won't be saying, back these players, these players are good, give them all your support. He'll be, he'll be talking about himself and don't, don't be so harsh on us. I'm, you know, I've, I've got, I need time. He'll just be talking about the time he needs and the job he's going to do. He won't even mention the players. Bold prediction. So um, we're going we're gonna to go around the table and we're going to do predictions for final league position. Uh, we'll never come back to these and we'll forget, so no pressure because there isn't any. But uh, I'll, we're never right. I'll, I'll go for it and we're never ever right. I'll go first, um, I'll put my neck on the line, and I'll say Newcastle United are going to finish 14th this season on 43 points. Bottom of the league, bottom of the league, 21 points. What was that, does On that bombshell. (laughs) Sorry, I said bottom of the league, go on, sorry. 21 points, bottom of the league. It'll not be that bad. 8th, 17th. I think we'll just scrape up. Um, Sub so 40. About the 40 mark, I. <laughs> uh, I'll go for 15th. <laughs> 41 points. Uh, I'm going to go with 9th. 53. Okay. <laughs> There's always one. We're, de- we're definitely revisiting this in a. <laughs> <laughs> Right, this has been the True Faith Podcast. We really appreciate you all listening. If, if you like what you hear, do do visit our Patreon page. You know, five to six extra Newcastle United podcasts per week, uh, starting tomorrow with the Arsenal preview that me and Ben will be on alongside Graham. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you've got an opinion, if you want to take us up on anything, you know where to find us, social media. And I, let's, uh, let's hope we can beat Arsenal on Sunday in front of a definite full house. <laughs> um, anyway, this is the True Faith Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks, you lads, for your time. Back soon. Bruce, Steve Bruce. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.